Say you don't like it, no No, you don't like it Let me read it, let me read Say you don't like it, no No, you don't like it Let me read it, let me read Say you don't like it, no No, you don't like it Let me read it, let me read Say you don't like it, no, you don't like it Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Rewriters Room. We are the men with the pen, and we are back to give you what? The best rewrites that you have ever seen. I am one-third of our illustrious, incredible trio, Armand Sadler. Some people, being myself, call me the Brock Lesnar of broadcasting, the Roman Reigns of rhetoric, the Paul Heyman of podcasting, and the John Cena of journalism. Proud Jets fan as of uh, March 2023, and woof, what a game that I was at uh, last night. I'm dating this episode, but I'm still on a high from that victory that we secured over uh, someone special to me, someone who is on this <laughs> on this call and part of this episode, and he is also special because that new intro that you just heard was made by none other than the incredible best rapper producer in the whole wide world, the man himself. How you doing, my brother? I'm gonna keep it short. Fuck y'all niggas, Bill Mafia. Was good. Is CC the best rapper and producer in the whole wide world? God body, because I consume healthy products and do towel curls, benevolent servant to the earth, and philanthropist. And every phrase I say is a gem like amethyst. You could put any nigga next to me. We had to bus stop. Both going to a job interview. I think I'm gonna get the job, but you look fresher. I don't know what's going on. We at the bus stop. Two women pull up. I think they pros at first. No, they not. They just look cute. We bought to all get on the bus. They say, oh. Wait, we just want to see y'all niggas is the best. You could put him next to me. That's what they gonna say. I may talk a lot. I only got one thing to say: love yourself and keep going. You are the world. Give all you can and take care of your body, your people, and your land. Where my nigga Chad? Four hundred and fifty-eight days of my Gunther. They told me he was gonna lose it, Mania. I said, okay. They said, no, but when he goes, he goes over the pond, he was, he was okay, okay, okay. 458 of those days, man. Shout out to the goat, man. Shout out to that guy, bro. Just like, it's amazing to see what, like, when you give the mid car some time and you really make it seem important, bro. I'm not even the biggest Chad Gable guy. Like, happy for you, bro. Happy for Alpha Academy. Happy for Maxine Dupree. Happy for Otis. But, like, Look how popping that feud is, bro. Like, every Monday night is Judgment Day, and it's Imperium and Alpha Academy, bro. Like, that's every Monday night. And you got to just really re- – like, this is a, literally a record. I wouldn't be surprised if within our lifetime they didn't break again. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this – because it's like he's still champion, and no one is, like, seeing him losing it. Tomorrow, you know, like he could if, the Chad Gable match. I don't know if and when that happens again, but like he could theoretically be champion through the next year. And so it's like we might be looking at like 500, 600 odd days. So, like, I think we just take a second and really appreciate what's going on here. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a really great time for the mid card. Absolutely. Thank you for the mid card report. And you're <laughs> absolutely right. 
Very, very special episode for us. Um, our first guest of the season, our first guest in a while. This is someone who has become, well, it's it's probably like a one-sided discorded, Discord rivalry on my end. Um, I, I give this guy a lot of shit because he's he, he takes it very well. He's very funny, very astute. Um, got a very good mind for wrestling, uh, especially having only watched wrestling for two years now. Um, and someone who I think, is going to be very special in this space um, as he continues to progress. None other than my guy, DMV fan. DMV, how you feeling, my brother? What's up? It's DMV talking to three of the most prestigious wrestling podcasters in the game. My left hand's up, not just because my beloved commanders won in the first game of the Josh Harris era, you know, <laughs> We pulled it out. I thought it'd be a blowout because the Cardinals, they're starting a guy who just came off the street. But, you know, in traditional commander's fashion, we had to make it harder than it had to be. But we got <laughs> it done in the end. But I'm here. Thank you for having me. And let's talk some wrestling. Absolutely. Damn. It's, it's three of us on this call whose teams are 1-0. and That's that's tough, CC. Damn, bro. Wow. <laughs> Wow! Listen, you know what? Divisional wins too, man. Here, mm-hmm. Here's here's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this right now because I need this to be public because I've been feeling this way for a long time, and I'm gonna just get this out real quick before we move on to the rest of this show. If that white boy don't bump his IQ up by <laughs> 10, 15 points in the next 365 days, I don't want him in my city. I'm sorry. I've been watching since 2018. Like a lot of y'all just caught on to it. I saw it when he first got here. You could see when somebody got a little bit more of that Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, I'm a thinker. And when other people were just like, ah, throw the ball. And y'all saw it. Y'all saw what I saw when he first got here. And I've been trying to tell people that unless he changes to a whole different person, it ain't going nowhere. And I thought he matured. Apparently not good enough. So I'm just saying that right now. But still, Mafia, fuck y'all. I hate y'all. Hey, man, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> One thing that we do not hate is the A-Show RNC Patreon. Make sure you are subscribed at patreon.com backslash the A-Show RNC for early access to episodes of the A-Show and the War Report, access to spot callers, access to retro diaries, a bunch of different stuff, the question of the week, all that good stuff. Um, as you may have heard, if you are an avid listener of the A-Show with J5 and Meals, which you should be, they will be taking a little break. So I want to shout them out for, I believe it was 307 consistent weeks of podcasting, whether it was J5 missing or if it was Meals was missing. They gave you a show every week. You knew Wednesday you was you was going to have something. If you're on the Patreon on Tuesday, you're going to get something. So shout out to them on their much-deserved break. But in the meantime, we'll be filling the gap. We're back. The war port is still going. And um, I believe we have some other special content uh, coming down the pipeline for you all. So once again, make sure that you subscribe to patreon.com backslash the A-Show RNC so you can hear this next segment. We got a lot of fun stuff coming now. Um, And for those who are not subscribed, we had a very, very fun conversation on our favorite weekly wrestling shows, what show we would want to be on if we were a wrestler, and what match you would tell someone to watch to give them an introduction to wrestling in addition to CM Punk-themed trivia. Now, for public, we back. We're going to jump into our usual run of show, and we're going to begin with our pre-write, talking about storylines, wrestlers, things that we like, things that we don't like. Um, and yeah, we're going to take it from there. So 
as we've done throughout the show. We're going to begin with our guest, DMV War. What is your pre-write, my guy? All right. It's the dawn of a new day as Endeavor's just closed a $21 billion deal that'll combine the powers of the WWE and UFC into a singular entity known as TKL, TKL, which it's a fire name. Like, it doesn't get better than that on the New York Stock Exchange. So a lot of folks are wondering what it means for fans. And, you know, we won't know for certain until we're at least a year or two in. But I got a few ideas of where it could lead in the short term. So first, increased media rights. The topic's already making the rounds with Dave Meltzer say that Fox may have cold feet about giving the WWE the around $300 million they want in the next round of media negotiations. But with Ari Emanuel, Nick Khan, Vince McMahon, and others doing the negotiating, uh, the, they'll probably get the deal they want. So my pick, I think it's going to Disney, SmackDown on ABC. You know, Pat McAfee's been given the keys to the kingdom at ESPN. You know, he's pretty much on every weekday with the Pat McAfee show. He's making uh, uh, appearances every Tuesday on First Take. And, you know, he's on college game day, too. Um, You know, WWE talent's been making appearances on first take i know seth rollins and becky have been on there and roman reigns and paul Heyman, too paul Heyman had a gold level line like god doesn't answer my prayers i don't know why he said that i loved it so i think it's going to espn you know nick Khan has a good relationship with espn uh brass too so I think it's something that makes sense. Uh, second, UFC WWE weekend. So um, a UFC executive today proposed a deal where, um, you know, the UFC and WWE would go to tourism authorities and, you know, they'd sell them at, um, they'd sell a package deal for UFC and WWE events on the same weekend. So like imagine a UFC event at the O2 and like a summer slam at a Wembley London Stadium at, on the same weekend. So that's a no-brainer. Uh, third thing, uh, UFC talent showing up at WWE events and vice versa. Um, imagine Roman Reigns or like Seth Rollins popping up out at UFC 300 or, you know, Israel Adesanya. Well, he just lost, so maybe not. <laughs> so, but, you know. Maybe someone like him, like Sean O'Malley popping out at uh, WrestleMania and then either just saying hi or maybe getting in the ring and like roughing Miz or whoever's hosting that that event that night, whoever. So my last thing, uh, sponsorships. You know, people are bemoaning all the sponsorship deals, the um, Royal Rumble, whatever it was, Mountain Dew, and then the Slim Jim Battle Royale, but I'm expecting them to continue. And, you know, I'm like going whole hog with it. Maybe like it'll extend it to the weekly programming too. Like 
I don't I don't know. Maybe we get a Halloween Slim Jim trick or treat match or whatever. I don't know. I don't make the decisions, but you know. So and my last thing, uh talent signing with sports brands, you know, Brock Lesnar kicked the door in, setting the precedent with the Jimmy John shorts that CM Punk complained about, who we'll get to, but I expect it to accelerate. You know, I say Roman Reigns signed with Jordan, Bianca signed with Nike, and then the rest falls as it may. So that's what I got. You spitting. I think you uh, hit the nail on the head. There's a lot, a lot that can be done with this, a lot to be excited for. Um, so I'm interested to see how they, how they do it. I don't really watch the UFC as much as I used to. So like, I know the big names, um, but I'm, I'm definitely not watching every like event. I, I, I'll like bet on it and not watch it <laughs> just because people will tell me who, who to bet on. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see like all the crossovers, especially, um, and just continuing WWE continuing to just be this powerhouse that's undeniable in pop culture. Um, so yeah, bro, them niggas is making bread now. Bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the days when people were like, "Oh, it's WWE versus UFC"? Like they fake we real. It's one company now, bro. <laughs> yeah. Money really is like people y'all beef on Twitter, bro. But at the end of the day, money talks, bro. It's because everything is wrestling. Niggas don't get it. <laughs> it's wrestling. Oh. They working you. Dana was working you back then. <laughs> <laughs> in 2004 and it paid off talk about long-term storytelling boom bam there you go absolutely um who wants to do their pre-write next i could do I mine go. real quick oh, go oh, for it. all right uh no mine real quick it's just funny because mine is kind of referential it's like self-referential damn um basically a bunch of times I got on here talking about how we needed more fashions. I'm at the point now where I'm like, all right, nigga, damn, it's like it's hella groups. I'm like, make like more single stars, nigga, damn. <laughs> like, gang warfare, bro. Yeah. It's gang warfare yeah, really? on WWE, bro. Like, I'm like, I prayed too hard, nigga, like, damn. <laughs> God, <laughs> God hurt me. <laughs> You're right? I'm like, shit. Bro, so, I, yeah. I see Drew come out there alone. I said, that's it, bro. You don't got no help. You don't got nothing with you, bro. It's at the point I remember when when uh it was the Becky uh the Becky and Trish shit and they were like you don't have any friends and at that point I'm like why isn't somebody coming out and then I'm like wow that's how many like people have backup these days that I just expect niggas to come out like jail bro you gotta get down somebody bro <laughs> it is you want to survive bro you gotta get down somebody. But yeah, but no, I think the good thing that comes out of that, though, is that I mean, I, I'm, there's a reason there's, part of the reason you do groups is to develop individual stars. So that being said, this is like a for me, I'm kind of in like a growing pains movement as a as a moment as a fan, because I'm just like, eh, I'm ready for some of this to be over. But at the same time, I don't want to take the, uh, the damn food out the oven too early or whatever. Let this whole bait a little bit, let it cook, get it where it need to be. You starting to see where some of the single stars are going to be in certain groups here and there um, or whatever, or at least I got my, my hints about it. Um, but yeah, no, it, that was just an interesting thing I saw. No, I can, I can parlay off that. Um, it's interesting too. Cause like uh, what's, what's dope now. And I think was like, I don't want to be like, Oh, but the attitude era, but I think was actually more prominent in like the added late nineties, 
early 2000s was having these stables but having these stables that were mixed like where it's like a lot of these stables now have women in them and like mm -hmm. judgment day i love that Rhea is the world champion of the stable like that's so cool like she is basically the leader like she's the triple h of this evolution but like lwo alpha academy viking raiders metaphor like all these factions have like women not just like a manager like a woman who wrestles or a woman who is a champion or you know it's just really cool seeing that too but speaking of lwo and as Cody Levante Rhodes always says, wrestling has more than one royal family. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe this episode I'm into just like taking a moment, giving flowers. But like we really need to like tip our hats to the Mysterios, bro. Who else? Father and son duo, both singles champions. That's nice. crazy, bro. At one of the hottest WrestleMania moments ever in all time. Bro. Dominic Mysterio. Is a North American champion, fam. And don't even be on NXT like that. That's how popping Dominic Mysterio was. He's the North American champion, and I see him on Raw and SmackDown more and than takes I see him anywhere else. With him and <laughs> takes that belt right with him. Like, can you imagine? And this is my pipe dream a Survivor Series if they do the brand warfare of North American champion Dominic Mysterio versus a USCF champion Rey Mysterio versus Intercontinental champion Gunther. Can you imagine how chaotic of a match that would be, fam? Gunther might kill them boys, bro. Why did you just put that in my head? I Now I need to see Bro, that. it's because every time, I feel like that was my first thought when Ray got the U.S. title was like, oh, now he can face him at Survivor Series. Now they can have a match, and it's not because they hate each other. It's just because they have to face each other. And Dom can try and get out of it and try and, like, talk his way out of it. But then like, you need to give up the title. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. But, I mean, he might lose to Ali tonight. So who knows? But... It's just, I think that's so cool. Like, we won't, I can't, like, I was looking, and there's definitely fathers and sons who've won the same title, but I really couldn't find any other father-son pairing being current singles champions at the same time. Like, that's so cool that they're doing that. And I think we like, we'll probably never, like, see something like that, and I think we'll really miss it when Rey Mysterio's gone, where it's like, bro, him and his son really wrestle every week. It's not on some, like, special appearance. Like, Rey Mysterio wrestles all the time, bro. Like, Rip Shiro will, will wrestle anybody, any SmackDown. So it's just really cool that they're both champions. Like, who would have thought, like, me and my dad are both singles champions in WWE? Like, shout out to shout out to the Mysterio. Shout out to San Diego, bro. Shout out to Chula Vista. Shout out to Rip Mysterio, bro. <laughs> shout out to Aaliyah. Like, shout out to Buddy Matthews. Like, just, or Buddy Murphy, I guess, whatever you want to go by. Um, like, I just think that's really dope. And that's something, like, it's like, we take it for granted, but, like, that's so crazy. Like, imagine, like, Triple H and his son both being champions. <laughs> like that's crazy to even think about. Or like any we it's because it's Rey Mysterio because he's short. We like don't think about him being an adult. But like if if I just told you, hey, you know, Roman Reigns and his son are the um, U.S. champion, I, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking? Roman Reigns is not <laughs> his son are not both champions. But that's what's going on with the Mysterios, and we just like don't think about it. But that's crazy, fam. So shout out to them, bro. Shout out to genetics, bro. Shout out to whatever Rey Mysterio is doing, the founding youth. Bro, uh, um, Ray beat LeBron. He beat LeBron to it. Saying, bro. Ray's the greatest, bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. He said, Bron tried to be like me. He said, he's trying to be like the Mysterios, bro. Me and my son was tag champions, and now we both separate champions. That'd be like if LeBron was like Western Conference champion. <laughs> And then Bronny won the East. Like, that's what we talking about, bro. Bro, he that's won the chip crazy. with his son, and he and him and his son both won different chips. It's crazy. It, like, 
and the dad <laughs> won it more recent. <laughs> he just yeah. got another title run off off of a off of a like little like you know a what throw him in there real quick. That yeah, wasn't even bro. supposed to happen for real. Like storyline wise, it was just like you know what throw him in there real Ray quick. around Ray free. I know Joaquin Wild was like, God damn it. Maybe next time. <laughs> That's funny. And now that you put that Ray Dom Gunther match in my head, I'm envisioning yeah. them both just getting overwhelmed and then Dom convincing his dad like let's work together We're together yes against gunther mm-hmm. and and then they both gain the upper hand and then dom like rolls up his dad of to get course. the win Turns on the <laughs> in the match. and now he can always say i beat gunther and ray mysterio like they just imagine being able to say that just like ah mm-hmm. oh, it's beautiful bro as like- you said it i saw the spot in my head there's gonna be a point where gunther is trying to get either ray or dom and they both kind of be squirrely or whatever and then when like it's going to be like a weird positioning to where like Dom gets in this weird position to where Gunther's coming after him and he pushes Ray in the way. And then later in the match, Ray does the same thing to him, yeah. whatever. Then the crowd cheers like that match would go Bro, so fucking crazy. You want to talk about game, a go home show. You talk about gang warfare. Do you want to talk about a segment with oh Imperium, Imperium, LWO, LWO and, and Judgment Day? Family? You want to talk about promos? You want to talk about a, a nine man tag match? Do you want to talk? Hey, bro. If 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 Teddy Long was around, he'd say, "I got about eight weeks of events for you, Poppy. I got so many, so many combination tag matches for you, Big Dog. SmackDown will be set through Christmas, bro. They wouldn't even have to write checks, bro. So yeah, I just the possibilities are in some sense. Once you see it, it's like it seems crazy because it's like the it's just the size profiles. But you think about the stories they could tell and like the different combinations and the groups and like." where the North American champion is right now, where it would make sense that he would wrestle them because he is basically on Raw. Like, it's just, it's delicious. And I kind of want it, I need it to happen. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, My thing, I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, Over the last year, we've seen the rise of a man by the name of LA Knight. Um, And this is less about him and more about the discourse surrounding him. LA Knight is not, new like him as a as a character him as a superstar who is naturally charismatic naturally over not the best in ring but passable this is not something new but the hyper magnification of him due to social media has made the discourse very frustrating you know i i understand the people who love him and want to see him reach high heights but the the extent to which they say that needs to happen has now made people hate him and nitpick everything and hyper magnify his flaws. Every time he flubs in a promo, it like people focus on that at any time his in ring and granted, like it's fine. Like, you know, he's not the best. He's also older. Like that there's not really much improvement that I, I think he's going to make, but it, it, it becomes a very, nasty conversation and i find myself in the middle of it where i'm acknowledging his flaws but i find myself sometimes feeling like i have to like and it it comes off as defense to people who like seem like they hate him but it's like i'm not defending this guy but it's just like why can't we just appreciate yo he's fun on the mic he's he's great for these commercials you like he's he's just a fun character without saying oh because of that because we love this because of the pop he has to be a champion. Well, we've said it ad nauseum. And granted, like, you know, one thing I think people don't acknowledge is like he's been in the ring with some with some, you know, like 
some so some real wrestlers. He he beat Finn. He's beaten Montez Ford. He's faced Sheamus. He's beaten the Miz. He's had matches with like a bunch of different people. And granted, they haven't been the most amazing matches. Like they've put him in positions to kind of see where he can what he can do. And I think we've all recognized that his ceiling is mid card champ. And I, I don't really know if that's going to happen anytime soon. But uh, it's just the finisher. It's not. You said what? <laughs> not with that fucking finisher. It's not. Yeah, that too. The the BFT is 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 not it, but it's it it's one of the worst things about being a lifelong wrestling fan and then immersing myself in the internet wrestling community because we can't just let people just be something. They have to be everything. They have to be mm. the thing. Um, and do I think he'd be an entertaining world champion? Sure, but it's not about being an entertaining entertaining when you're a world champion. Like if if you look at the champions they've had. Over the last few years, it's been the top tier wrestlers, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, maybe not a top tier wrestler, but he's like, he's good enough. And he's also big. Like he's Bobby Lashley. Like he oh, just, if, you can't, if you can't find somebody to put it on, it's safe to put it on Bobby Lashley. Like, that's fine. Let's stall Bobby Lashley out. All right. Like, <laughs> if you don't. If, yeah, I'm like, it, it, let's in my separate world, the wrestling from the outfits. All right. Yeah. Let's just let's stall Bobby out. Because like, just look at you. You can look at him and be like, yeah, just put a belt yeah, on he, that he, guy. Yeah. He, he, he's a he, veteran he, and shit. Yeah, like it, it he plays. looks like a champion. Like, mm-hmm. and 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 he gave us some some good matches. Granted, it was mostly his opponents carrying, but anyways. Um, but like, yeah, it's just like, the, it it's not enough to be over. It's not enough to be funny. It's not enough to be entertaining to where you have to be a world champion. This is not 2010, 2011 where you just got to put it on anyone and see if they could pop off. Like, this is not a Jack Swagger thing. This is not a. You know, whoever else is world champion that really didn't need to be world champion. Granted, Jack Swagger could, could go could, could go in the ring. His character, it it, it it had its peaks and valleys. He still don't got a character. Oh yeah, no. Nah, I mean, he's got, got a hat. He got a hat. hat. He got a hat. Yeah, purple hat. He's where potentially good characters could go to go to. You that know, that should be the name of this episode. He got a hat. <laughs> I like that. But um, yeah, like I I really enjoy L.A. Night. Like I I really enjoy LA Knight for who he is. His in ring, yes, it's it's not where it should be. And it's also awkward because like he's he's what, like 240, 250? Yeah. Um he, he like looks like swole. He looks like he should be a powerhouse brawler. He's kind of not too smooth with it. Um, he's not like vicious, aggressive enough. Like, um, and and, and kind of like what people said about the rock and no shade to the rocks the rock was great in the ring like la just needs to get to the point where he has those like high impact moves where like you just get excited like he's doing it with the elbow drop that's really all he's got right now in terms of in-ring stuff and so i just can't imagine him holding a title a world title especially and like imagine roman isn't champion and la's champion and la's defending against roman and he does that la night elbow drop on roman that that's really all he's got like it, it's just I, I i just can't see that like it looked like they planted some seeds on friday when la interacted with Heyman. I, I found that funny just because people were so mad about it like oh my god no i can't believe you're doing this absolutely not i'm like this is gonna be funny like like this is one of those moments where, where i want the chaos like bring the chaos so people <laughs> can just be overly angry but yeah I, I really wish like both sides honestly could just chill out and just like enjoy it enjoy the ride like you know he's fun that's really what it's meant to be i don't think wrestling isn't meant to be this in-depth deep 
thing where it's like like not not everyone can can deserve more <laughs> we can't say like oh give everyone a chance like everyone deserve better everyone don't deserve better i think he's right where he's meant to be and i i do think if he gets a title he's going to get a mid card title it's going to be fun and then you know he's going to move on to other things but yeah that's just been on my heart we haven't potted about potted in a while so I thought this would be my place to get that off, but like, let's just enjoy it. Like, come on, this is man. His catchphrase is "Yeah." Like, this nigga literally just says "Yeah" a lot. And, yeah, and it's yeah, it's fun. It's cool. Like, it it it, it really don't gotta be more than that. Yeah, um, I think I love a that line. I love that line. Everyone don't deserve better. Oh so, yeah, some I'm of y'all, excited. some of y'all on Twitter, y'all need to take his advice. He does advice for some of y'all face. See y'all. I'm looking at you. <laughs> You're not wrong. But y'all say this now, and then y'all come to me like, but why Why is Cesaro world champion? It's all right. Okay. Just know what is y'all fave. Everyone don't deserve more. It's y'all faves too. Because I think I'm not even a big LA Knight defender, but I just feel like, like you said, it's just new shit. And I feel like we haven't had with wrestling, like really new shit in a while. That's it. I, That's really just it. He's just, it's the same thing with Cody. It's like, bro, it's just some new shit. And Cody's not even NXT guy. So it's really new shit, bro. Like, especially from a baby face. Like, Roman has been champion for two years, which is fire, but it also means no one else has been champion for two years. LA Knight, Cody, just new shit. People like new shit. Like, it's, to me, a lot of it is not even deeper than that. It's like, there's a reason why the Stone Cold and the Rock thing works in wrestling, because that just works in wrestling. So he's if he's just doing the things that work, People are gonna like it, and if it's a new thing that I already know I like, it's like when it's like when a new fucking chicken tender spot or a new taco spot opens up or a new sports bar. It's like why they open up a new taco spot because taco spots fucking work, bro. And it's just yeah. a new one. <laughs> like it's just the same. It's the same thing with LA Night, where it's like y'all get over it in a couple months, and it'll be somebody new. But he's just he's hot right now, bro. It was mm-hmm. I remember when niggas was doing this with Braun Strowman. Yeah, oh, I remember niggas. Was it's people that they was doing this Ross for, Strowman, bro. Like it's people that they was they was doing this for that wasn't actual real. Because the other thing that people don't point out, uh, that's people not paying attention to, um, is that it's it's just like when you talk about any other industry, people will be like, oh, like I sing, like I rap, or whatever, and I'm like, okay, so what are you doing? And at the end of the day, you got to tell me you're in the music business. This is the wrestling business. This nigga draws. Mm-hmm. Like the whole point is that you put somebody out there that brings money in here. That's what he does really, really well. Okay. And then he doesn't need to be a champion to do that. You know how I know? Have you ever heard of The Miz? Like, <laughs> he's wrestled himself. Bro. Day, bro. <laughs> like, come on. And Stone I don't care what anybody say. That was the most fire shit I have ever seen in my life. He's not doing that at every company, bro. Niggas not, not hitting a finisher on air, bro. It's a new he pushed him. When Stu did the, the the camera run down to the ring, follow it. Oh, Production no, value. It's the <laughs> details, bro. It's a yeah. it's a product they're putting out, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that. Let's jump into our free write. Um, everyone has brought a question, and they're going to ask their question to a specific member of the um of the episode um for the sake of time let's just keep it to one person answering and then we move on from there um so yeah we'll start with our guest dmv uh what's your question and who is it for okay i'm gonna direct this question to channing all right i'm gonna keep it short raquel 
So how can they get Raquel over when she comes out? It's a, I got to be honest, mild crowd reaction. So what do they got to do to propel Raquel Rodriguez up to main event status and, you know, get the WWE universe invested in it? I've said this before. I'm glad you asked me this so I can say it again. People laughed at me the first time, but it's still true. Bring back the motorcycle. The only time she was cool was when she was in NXT. She had the big leather duster. She had the motorcycle. She kind of liked the American Badass Undertaker. Bring it back. Like CC was saying, what sells? Cool stuff. What do kids like? Motorcycles. It's not hard, people. But part of her problem is, like, she's not a great promo. The back post thing doesn't work, so I would think of a new post. But I think you really, she really just needs a bit more flair. Like some people can just like develop a character, and some people just need stuff around them to make them look cool. And I think she just needs more stuff to make her look cool. Whether it's a faction, whether it's you know new gear, or attack partner, or whatever, a motorcycle, whatever. But I definitely think she just needs more like stuff. And I think the motorcycle was a thing that like it seemed kind of natural to her. The whole big mommy pump. I guess Rhea has mommy now, but like that kind of thing. I think works for her. So I think kind of getting more into the, like I'm strong and tough instead of just like I'm nice and like I like to win. Like I the the, the not necessarily heelish, but the tougher Raquel, I think was her not say it was a super high moment, but her highest moment. So bring back the motorcycle. Um I'm I'm breaking my rule, but honestly, I while while I do get why they're pushing her as a baby face, I honestly think that she should be a heel, to be honest. Yeah. Like I, I honestly think that's just what would work best for her it's it's hard like natural with with the with the spectacle of wrestling it's easy to enjoy larger acts but i think in, in, in nxt for example like she was just she was more interesting as a heel like she's she's big just, just beach ass like she can throw these girls around it's cool like, to watch. Yeah, she's like, a bully <laughs> like, um so i i honestly think that may be what would help her get over um but since i broke my rule i'll just ask my question it is actually for you dmv um so the last two or three wwe drafts have seemingly left one show with more talent than the other right now the raw women's division is what it is like you know when anaya Jax came back and people were upset about that but it's just like when you look at Rhea's reign, she's defended against Natty multiple times. She's had matches with Dana Brooke, uh, Candice, um, Indy. She's currently defending against Raquel. She had the, the Zelina match, and it's like and it really only... matches. Yeah, for sure. Candice, Indy, Zelina. I was like, God damn. Um, but you can only really go up for her because we know, like, eventually they want to they want to do Rhea Live when Live is back, but also Rhea Becky. So you kind of have to throw. A big challenge in her way. She hasn't like Raquel's obviously a, a large act, like we said, but um she's kind of the underdog in this situation. And Naya truly presents this like, yo, and we've seen uh Rhea riptide Naya before, but it's like, yo, how is Rhea gonna figure this out? And Naya beat her ass Monday to really kind of create that doubt. Um, but then we also look at the SmackDown main event picture, which is uh, obviously kind of controlled by the bloodline. The title isn't defended often. So there's a lot of people who people think should be challengers who just aren't getting that opportunity and they have to figure out other stuff to do. Um, I want you to pick like two people from each show to move over to fix those problems with the Rollins division 
and with the SmackDown uh, men's main event division. SmackDown's me. Two people got to move over from Raw. All right. This is going to be tough off the top of my head. Uh, SmackDown women. Rhea already faced, uh, what's her name? Uh, Zelina. So that's how she already faced a lot of damage control, too. She already faced Charlotte. Who else is on that roster? Mia Yim, <laughs> Mia Yim, Oscar. I I do I do like uh, Mills's idea. He proposed in the Discord of you know putting the tag belts on Bianca and Charlotte, and you know lending some of that star power over to Raw. So that's two right there. That's not an original idea, but you know I'm I'm out. So I'll just and, and also if you if, that's all if, right. If, if if you get the titles off off Piper and Chelsea, those are two two opponents for Rhea, even if they're heels right now. So yeah. So men's division. I mean, Kevin Owens would be fun, you know, to throw in the mix there. Austin Theory, you know, Grayson Waller, Bobby Lashley, and the Prophets, and then, I, Romans beat his ass from like Timbuktu to, to that. Antarctica, so I, I don't know <laughs> if we want to do that, but maybe he could fight Jimmy. Maybe there's some money in that. Maybe get him to where he needs to be in the ring. Uh, who else from Raw? Hmm. Johnny Gargano, he's not doing anything. He'd be... You can resurrect that Austin Theory feud. Uh, he can maybe get Cameron Grimes you know who it Maybe is? You. It's Damien. Damien need to start bringing that that title that briefcase around Roman. Because I feel like I we we ain't never seen that. Have they even like interacted in any way? Uh, Survivor Series 2019. I think that's it. What a recall! Impressive. Yeah. But yeah, they're both even like. When's the last time Roman wrestled somebody who also had long greasy hair? Seth? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like them standing Drew. across each other, they're probably equal height. You know, they both got Seth people backing them up. Drew, yeah, it could be Drew. I think that, that could be a cool little match. And that could actually happen too. Like he could just show up if, you know, he wanted to. And he's a SmackDown tag team champion. So he could really just show up. That's well, probably going to happen now. I spoke here. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Damien was uh, making was the, saying the bloodline's name. He was he he was saying Candyman on Monday. So Candyman is is gonna have to come around and uh, knock him, bro. Yeah. I hate that for JD McDonough, bro. So I know whatever <laughs> Solo Co about to do is gonna start with JD, bro. I hate that for you, big dog. I think about to put pause on you. But uh, th- thank you, DMV. Uh, CC Chan, your free ride questions and your selected respondent. Um, uh, I'll ask you, Armand. What do you do with Champa? It's a very, very good question. Um, at this point, we've seen him versus Gunther. It was at a takeover in twenty twenty, I believe. Um, that was a good match. So I think um, doing it on the main roster for more eyes would be cool for the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title. It seems like he's trying to jump into that picture now as well, coming to help out Alpha Academy. Um, 
But I think at this point, I don't think he's interesting enough to be on his own. Everyone's kind of saying like they should do the way. I think that would be a good, a really good tag team to enter the tag division. Um, yeah, I, not to make another group stable faction, but I, I think that um, uh, Champa should just team a Gargano when he comes back, and um, I, I, I could see them winning the tag titles and having some great bangers with Street Profits, Viking Raiders um whoever so i think yeah let, let him face gunther and then go to the tag team division y'all boys not seeing it the thing about champ is he has the look he just real he's like smaller like if you saw him on you see him on tv on the screen you're just like oh and then he comes out and you're just like oh okay they, like he looks like his pre- presentation is more of like a bigger guy as if he was he was bigger so it's hard for him to, to get over and stuff like that plus with his characters a little weird but y'all not seeing the vision he need to go hardcore if you make him the face of hardcore tough shit, boom, there you go. You got your mid-card guy right there. Just let him spend some time doing that. If he don't go no farther, he don't go no farther. But at least he have identity. That's what I think. That's all I'm just saying. No, that's the crazy thing. Well, I can see it. The whole Goldie thing started. He was just talking to the belt. And so it's like he does the like kind of unhinged thing. I'm psychotic. He does it. I can see it. I can see it. He gets to wear pants too, which makes him look talk look bigger because he has some very small legs. Tiny looks. <laughs> and lastly, um, Channing, your free right question and your selected respondent. All right, this one is for CC. So, War Games is coming up. We have a couple options for the you know structure of the show. We can go no Survivor Series coming up. We can go War Games. We can go brand versus brand, or we can go team versus team. What do you think they should do come this November season? I have a weird idea. Okay. I think you should take EO Sky, Rhea Ripley, um, Chelsea and Piper, or Ch- you know, who is it? Chelsea and uh, Chelsea and Piper. Yeah, Chelsea and Piper. Tag team Yeah. Um, maybe one other person. Oh, they would have. To- oh, and Tiffany. Um, put those five against all the people who want to challenge them and then do the same with the men. I think it should be champions against challengers for Survivor Series. (laughs) All the heel champions versus the babyface challengers. And Deborah might have heard that one, bro. Bro, you might be giving that way free. I'm telling you, bro. bro. This no, I'm nigga Cody. Like, how have they never thought of that? That's fire, bro. This is what I'm saying. I had a feel. I've been thinking about Survivor Series, and I'm like, there's nothing interesting. Like, we've seen the W. We've seen the the Raw SmackDown done to death. We've seen Raw SmackDown NXT to the point where it's like, ah, okay, who cares? Um, and then you know we've seen like you know we just had uh the Bloodline um versus uh Kevin and, and all and whatever. Like you had. You had that where it's just like it's picking sides. And now there's so many groups that it's just like, why would you highlight one like these two groups above any other two groups when we all know the two biggest groups, Bloodline and Judgment Day? So it's like you can't really do that because they both kind of like heels. Like, where do you go? So then I thought about it and I was just like, wait, there's a bunch of bad guys who have titles and there's a bunch of good guys who don't have titles who like would like to go against them. So like imagine Jay motherfucking uh but then you also have good guys who have titles too so imagine seth and roman having to having a team up 
bro. Like this is it would be fucking oh, wild. Too power. It's too much power in, bro. <laughs> this is what it's I'm too, saying. It's too much power in Cody and Jay teaming up, bro. This it's is too what much, I'm it's too saying. much there, bro. It's, it's too much power in Cody and Jay teaming up against Seth and Roman, bro. Too much. It's too much power there, bro. This is what I'm saying. It's fucking wild. So that was my idea. Is that's like dream ass shit. That's that would be so fire, bro. That would but be they would have had to start this build like now. I don't think you got to know say something about it, but that'd be so crazy, bro. Yeah, if they just did Chambers versus Challenger Survivor Series, bro. bro. Whoa, bro. Gunther, like, Roman. Roman's... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's crazy, bro. Good to be like, we're not, you're not doing it. You need to listen. Oh, imagine and then Roman not trying to listen. Seth being, oh my God. Bro. Gunther, Gunther tagging in Roman when he's not ready to be tagged out of the match. The stare down alone. Just the first time where, like, because, you know, at first they're going to be like, Roman, you're teaming with Gunther. They're like, I don't agree. And then Gunther finally be like, okay, I'll be on your team. And then, like, just staring each other down, but, like, and we'll handle this later. Yeah, because I Chill. think the other thing that you could do with it is if you think about it, Roman has dictated everything that he's done so far. And I think it would be it would yeah. be really nice to sp uh, to spice up his storyline to have him have some like ruffle a little bit feathers with a management. And we, yeah. yeah. And you think about it with you could play on real life with the Endeavor deal. Be like, what? Oh, so since we got a new company, y'all y'all challenge me now. Like, blah, blah, like, bro, bro, he even to be like. Roman, we didn't ask you to come to the TKO thing. Ooh. That was tennis. We didn't need you there, big dog. He said, "You don't even invite me to the thing." Adam Pearce said, "We, we, Montez, we, okay. like, there's, bro. I'm saying it's too much power here, bro. Yes, <laughs> what you're saying is too much fire of a storyline, bro. Yeah. That'd be crazy, fam. Ah, absolutely, awesome. Well, to get to our rewrite, we've had a lot of fun this episode. Really enjoying this episode, guys. You guys are great. Um, man, one thing that we missed in our break of, uh. Our, our mid-season break was at long last the CM Punk AEW era came to a close as he once again came to blows. Oh, bars, you like that, right? <laughs> like <laughs> CM Punk was fired from AEW a couple weeks ago after a scuffle with Jungle Boy and just a truly drama-filled two years. And while accountability falls on him, while it falls on AEW, while it falls on the fans. Um, ultimately, his run was mishandled from a booking standpoint as well. So we're going to rewrite CM Punk's AEW run. Channing, please begin. So, as I've said many times on this show, I am CM Punk agnostic. I, like, miss that era of wrestling, so I really have no strong feelings one way or the other. I think it's quite funny the way he handles his business. But I was reading it today. I was reading about his tattoos as I was doing research for this. It was pretty interesting. Like, I didn't realize how serious the straight edge stuff he was. Like, with I didn't realize that was, like, I mean, I knew that's what he was. But I didn't realize it was that deep part of his, like, personality. Like, how many of his tattoos are basically dedicated to that concept? It's, like, very interesting. Um, but, yeah, I think the thing with CM Punk, and this is, again, retroactively, I think, and this is just my philosophy, so you'll kind of color my judgment. Say what you want about it. He has some fire storylines. He has some fire moments. 
I think the issue with a lot of his moments is that he doesn't, he never gets to like wrap them up cleanly. Like whether it was WWE, AEW with the injuries, it all, it, he'll have a moment and then he can't finish it off. He'll leave WWE, but it'll come back. And it's like, you never just get to tie the knot, cut it off clean. So that's, that's where my mind's at with this. So I think for the most part, you know, I think his return, just that part was done pretty well. You know, I think the showing of Chicago, even though they teased it dumb heavy, that always popped Chicago. The match is fine, but I think to be taking Adam Page, especially for like a newer company, was the right thing to do. Um, I think what you do is you have him basically play into the arrogance that he is known for in real life. Like I think that's CM Punk is too much of an erratic figure to try and put him in a lane. He's going to go into his own lane. So you need to take advantage of that. And I would say right to the lane. And so his whole point, basically, after this is that I've defeated Hangman Page, your best. This was your guy. This was this was cowboy shit. This was everything. You guys don't have nothing for me. I'm not even going to spend my time until you guys figure out have another tournament. And then I'll talk to you, Tony. He just leaves the ring throughout the next month of May. You see CM Punk appear on many TBS and TNT programming, including NBA on TNT, Conan, The Cube with Dwayne Wade, and he's at an MLB game. And he's just like in the crowd with the belt, being seen, doing like promos, basically being like, yeah, I'm just looking for a worthy challenger. So I figure I go to baseball, I go to this. I'm just looking for a competitor, somebody you can hang. Um, So that continues until Forbidden Door, where you have John Moxley, um, when the interim title at August 10th, um, this is when CM Punk actually decides to show back up. So in this one, he did get the foot injury, but instead of just being like, I'm gone, he um, does all these other appearances where he's like out, but not wrestling. Um, on August 10th, CM Punk returns. He says, you're not the real world champion. This whole interim thing is stupid. Give me my belt back. You're disrespecting all the things I've done. So, on September 22nd at All Out, because it's AEW, you know it's going to be some type of crazy, wild, you know, massacre in the on the mat match between CM Punk, John Moxley, to unify to be the undisputed AEW World Heavyweight Champion. In a bloody bout, CM Punk wins. At the press conference, post-match, which is something I also like, he, st- he sits down next to Tony Khan. He says, man, that was awesome. I'm really like, that was really great being out there, you know, doing that match. But unfortunately, I was proved right. I beat John Moxley. I beat AEW's favorite son. Again, you show me. You guys have nothing for me. So I'm done. CM Punk retires, leaves the belt on the table, and walks out of AEW forever. And that is how you handle the CM Punk return. Thank you. I just think that if you're gonna CM Punk is not here for a good a long time, he's here for a good time. And I feel like with the CM Punk storyline, you need to be writing in like three month chunks because something is going to happen. And I think the best thing you can write is CM Punk having an epic exit, just like a truly epic. Y'all can't touch me. And like, I never lost. You can never say you beat me like that to me is that specter of CM Punk is better than any match you'll get with him. And so I think that does the best for your company and also plays right into CM Punk's destructive and arrogant nature because now you have him being able to ride up to the sunset and be like, yeah, I'm the forever AEW champion. So when he eventually does return, he always has that to say. But you also don't have to hamstring your company and have like 
three different belts that look exactly the same and like confuse me every time I'm on Twitter. So yeah, that is what I would do. I think you, I think you retire shock Tony Khan right next to him too. I think that he needs to play into it and look stunned and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you just quit, but do it right in the press conference, walk out and beat him in. Nice. I like it. I see the vision. Thank you. Good stuff. My mine is mine is a little short, so I'm gonna just go ahead before I, I, I make it I have to follow somebody's amazing one. Um so real quick, um AEW doesn't take themselves seriously, so I'm not going to. Um CM Punk debuts <laughs> August twentieth, twenty 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 one. He beats uh Darby Allen or whatever, um when he comes in. And instead of going on a few with um, Eddie Kingston and all that other bullshit or whatever, um, he tries to go right after Adam Page. But when he tries to go after Adam Page, the Bucks and Kenny or whatever come out and stop him. And then TK comes out and you think that TK is going to be like, guys, you can't fucking do this. But really what's happening is that TK is like, um, that's right, beat him up or whatever. So basically what's happening is, is like Punk just got signed and Punk just got punked. He just realized he got signed and TK just like, ha, I finally got you or whatever. You're under like lock and key under this like contract. Basically like that whole Michael Jordan Space Jam setup essentially is what it is. And TK is the big boss guy and the elite are like the little alien niggas. That's basically what's happened. Except for the difference is, is that this is going to because they like to shoot on or shoot on shit and uh, so much. I'm going to show them how to actually do it. This is what you do. You you lock CM Punk down and then you just keep making them have these money drawing as fucking like events or whatever. So one of the first things that happened is just like, you know, TK says, like, you can wrestle in AEW. But if you looked at the contract, your lawyer, your lawyer must have lied to you or something, because if you look. Um, what you just did was illegal and now you just got a violation. You're not allowed to compete as a a, a singles competitor for the first, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever it was when you faced Darby Allen that you're here or whatever. So for the next three months, you have to compete as a tag uh, wrestler if you want to compete. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, okay, well, I guess I'll just go. He's like, you know what? No problem. I'll grab anyone from the back or whatever, and I'll make them a star, you know, blah, blah. Like, we'll, we'll win or whatever. And ultimately, this is going to lead to them challenging the Bucks. Guess who was fucking tag partner that? They appoint him as Cole Cabana. That's goddamn right. CM Punk and Cole Cabana have to tag for like three months, and then they end up facing the Bucks for the tag team championship. And then Cole Cabana just like beats him up in the middle of it or whatever. And then luckily, like this is after you know his his ban on being a, a tag wrestler is up. So he's just like he's really like you know what? I'm by myself now. And this is how. Like what I really want to sell is him being isolated so that he has a reason to be this. Oh, you guys are picking on me. I'm giving him a fucking reason now. So <laughs> um, so then what basically happens is he just goes on to face these people and they will be good matches or whatever. But basically what's happening is he goes on to face Warlow and he, he overcomes that. Um, he goes on to face some other people. Um, he faces uh, Adam Page. Uh, one more time, he faces uh Samoa Joe at some point. Um, at you know Jay White ends up getting signed. He signs them. Uh, he uh he faces them, and then he starts to face people who like seem like a little bit more faces, and you're wondering like why they're even facing them in the first place. And what's happening is TK 
and Kenny and them, what they've been doing is they've been setting up matches to keep, and at this point, Kenny is the champion. Um, they've been setting up matches to keep Punk away from Kenny or whatever, but they're setting up these matches and getting all these huge draws and using the money that they make from CM from selling CM Punk matches to pay off wrestlers to face CM Punk in the first place. <laughs> so they're, they're using the money they make off of him to pay people to keep them away from him. And this shit just goes on until he like fucking flips a, a gasket and then he actually like you know he you know he gets to, to to some point he like makes it through some loophole gets kenny at like all out 2023 or whatever and it's funny that channing said that because i have him do the same exact fucking thing he wins the championship and he pulls the brock throws the uh the uh the belt at Vince and he does that to fucking TK at, at all out when they announce him to come in or whatever and they say it's CM Punk he just walks right through in a straight line right across the camera throws the, the thing at him and leaves or whatever you just see on Twitter that he says I'm out and that's it <laughs> sounds very punkish for sure <laughs> um I, I do like the idea of Kenny and TK kind of holding him down because that's something that they like it's what they did with Brian Danielson, like gave him a bunch of title matches and he never won. Um, but a lot of former WWE guys, they pushed like Jericho was AEW champion. Moxie was AEW champion. They used those guys who weren't homegrown quote unquote unquote to push the show forward. So the, the idea of like treating him like an outcast and holding him, holding him back as much as possible. It's interesting. I like that. DMV, what you got for us, my brother? All right, so it's gonna have a lot of similar ideas besides the throw the belt at TK and retire. We're getting which all right. So the theme of this rewrite, get more bang for the buck. So every bang for the buck, no pun intended. <laughs> every CM Punk needs to match needs to be meaningful. So I looked at his profile DB page. So all right, so look at this. After fighting Darby Allen, he fought Powerhouse Hobbs, Daniel Garcia, Matt Seidel, and Bobby Fish. No one's remembering any of these matches, all right? So after the Darby Allen match, we're switching out Powerhouse Hobbs. We're giving him Orange Cassidy because he moves ratings all day, every day. So we'll leave the Eddie Kingston match alone. That's fine. But here's where it gets interesting. So... There's a certain wrestler who made as many headlines in 2022 as CM Punk. You guys want to guess who that is? Uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. So Cody Rhodes is leaving to go to WWE. But see, instead of wrestling Sammy Guevara, who nobody gave or gives a fuck about right now, we're giving CM Punk Cody Rhodes, because Cody Rhodes was talking shit in his uh, promo right before he left in that like cryptic but retroactively profound promo before he left. So Punk's gonna win both matches because Cody ain't beating the face of my company before he goes and kisses the ring on WrestleMania. So after that, he moves on to MJF. I'm leaving this feud as it is. Because it's AEW's best story to date, I think. And also because I'm lazy and we're running out of time. So <laughs> after many feud with FTR, he's moving on to Adam Page. But you see, 
here's what differs from real life. So FTR is going to cost Adam Page the title, and CM Punk's going to align himself with FTR and turn himself heel because heel, heel Punk is where the money is. That's where he delivers his best promos. And yeah, that's where the money is with CM Punk. It's not really in ring. So we're really only keeping him to money matches and, you know, tag matches where he can preserve his body. So we're getting the fabled CM FTR versus the Elite Feud, which is going to carry a company through the our summer of Punk. So I know I wanted to choose feuds that highlighted his promo ability. CM Punk's going to carry out his side of the bargain. Uh, not so much with Adam Page and damn sure not Kenny Omega or Buck. So good <laughs> luck. Good luck to them. So I like they it. can figure it out. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> so he's going to have an eight man tag on a pay per view where he recruits Ricky Starks on mercenary duty, a singles match with Kenny, and a blood and guts match where the feud culminates. Mm. And then. He's going to be champion through all of this until we get to the Blackpool Combat Club where Punk's going to beat Danielson and Cesaro. Will or Yuta, I don't care about him. We're ignoring him. Good, me neither. Before, <laughs> before he drops the belt to Moxley and then loses in an Anarchy in the Arena match. I know we don't really... Anarchy in the Arena and them blood and guts so close together, but, you know... Danielson, Danielson was fine with it. Like he was selling off to the side in his anarchy match. So I think 45-year-old punk will be fine. So they'll be off TV for a while until they come face to face with Jay White and Juice Robinson on Collision, which will take us up to Collision and to present day. All right. Here's my magnum opus right here which is going to take us to present day. So CM Punk's going to confront Adam Cole after an open challenge at Collision for a match at the next pay-per-view. But Britt Baker is going to get involved and accompany him at ringside. So near the end of the match, CM Punk's going to cheat, try to cheat his way to win by pulling out a wedding ring, you know, a wedding ring that Adam Cole still hasn't got Britt Breaker. So he's going to pull out a wedding ring. And before Britt can make the save, a hooded figure takes her out with a black widow. Punk's going to win the match. And the hooded figure is going to reveal herself to be AJ Lee in the AEW zone, fresh off her wild contract. She's going to be a special attraction for that women's division as well as have creative input because with CM Punk there, uh, he's not going to be able to walk over her. So you're going to have AJ Lee, Paige, Jade Cargill, Tony Storm, Mercedes special attraction, Chris Statlander, Hikaru Shida. I can't. Tony's going to figure out a way to mess that up somehow still, but we'll leave that to him because I'm done with this rewrite. That Thank was fire. As soon as I that saw was... AJ coming, I was like, hey, that's yeah. fire. 
I, I knew exactly where you were going when you said Britt was accompanying him and trying to get involved. I was like, oh, that's you, you're good. You're good at this. You're very, very good at this. Um, mine is pretty short as well. And it, it kind of takes elements of all of you guys. Um, in truth, CM Punk should not have shown up on TV as much as he did. I think his debut at Rampage was obviously incredible. I think the Darby Allen match is good just because he is one of their pillars. Um, so you give him Darby Allen, you kind of, you know, it's it's kind of like a showcase match, like reminding people who haven't seen Punk in a while, like, yo, this guy can kind of go. Um, from there, he doesn't he doesn't do the powerhouse match. He don't do the Daniel Garcia match. You know, Matt Seidel, no Bobby Fish. You can do the Eddie Kingston match because Eddie's a draw there. CM Punk wins all these. He he not fighting QT. He not fighting Lee Moriarty. He can do the Punk Darby Sting versus Pinnacle match because Darby and Sting again, two of their their big draws. Um, he also fights Wardlow to set up the the MJF feud. I'm gonna keep the MJF feud as is as well. Sean Spears absolutely not. Um, Punk and Mox versus FTR um i guess you can do that one too um but in that match um even though punk and moxley win he turns on moxley and aligns himself with ftr and that's going to come into play later um and yeah so dog dog collar happens um he's obviously not going to fight dax harwood because he's still working with them max caster match no penta no dustin rhodes no John Silver, no. So, and like, he's not doing all these, CM Punk speaks. Like, he's not speaking every week either. Like, he's there, he's not there. And he kind of creates that frustration that he had with part-timers when he was in WWE of like, yo, you come in, you're getting all this money, you're getting these big matches, but you're you're not even here all the time. Like, you have a match at a PPV, and then you're not even here the next day. Like, the person who loses there the next day, they're actually working. He gets to the AEW World Title match against Hangman Page. Uh, He wins. That people are throwing trash into the ring, they're mad, blah blah, all that. And then Punk is like, you know, I'm I'm champion now. Um, I'm carrying this brand. And there's someone who should have been carrying this brand who debuted a few months before me, and he's just lost a bunch of big matches. So kind of like similar to how John Cena called this guy out in 2013, but it was a face calling out a face. CM Punk is gonna call out Brian Danielson um for for a world title match and he's basically going to say brian like look what you become you, you were a king when you were in, in that other company you were the man you're a former champion you've been losing to kenny omega and hangman page and all these people like w- what's going on and brian is babyface at this point he's 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 got that fire in him like you know i i know i haven't been myself but like i i, I can definitely i can definitely turn it around like i can beat you and we run back daniel bryan cm punk Brian Danielson beats CM Punk for the AEW world title and CM Punk's kind of like, well, hold on. Like, you know, I gave you this opportunity, but like, you know, I like you, you actually beat me like this. This is, this is kind of crazy. Like at the end of the day, I'm the face of this company, whether I'm here all the time or not. And so we get an extended Brian and CM Punk feud. Um, Brian's by himself, but this is, this is what leads to Mox helping out Brian. And then when Cesaro comes in, Cesaro helps. And then you, then you run a six man, Blackpool Combat Club versus CMFTR. Um, Cody's gone by this point, um, and Brian is still the champion. Punk is disgruntled, um, and so then he creates his own championship. He's like, I, I can't beat Brian, but I'm 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 still the guy in this company. So um, I talked to Tony Khan, and I'm creating my own world championship. So Punk is running around, you know, acting like he's champion. Brian's kind of like fuck you man like you're like you you're such a sore loser like you couldn't beat me so you just create your own title this culminates in a 
a uh, a unification match, Brian Danielson versus CM Punk. Um, Brian ends up winning that match, unifying the titles. Punk gets angry. They're, they're at a, pre- a press conference. Punk is like, you know, I came in. I, I brought ratings to the show. I, I, br- I brought views to the show. I did everything for you. And Tony Khan finally gets some balls and says, hey, I've got other draws in this company. Brian Danielson's a great champion. Kenny Omega's great. All these guys are great. But the company isn't surrounded by you. I've given you everything. How dare you? They go back and forth in the press conference. CM Punk throws a drink in Tony Khan's face. And Tony Khan fires him on the spot. And we don't even get we don't even get what happened in 2023. Punk is not allowed back. You violated him at the press conference. Punk is gone. That's it. Um, and I I truly want to credit that to Dion. Dion said we had to rewrite CM Punk's run and it had to end with Punk getting fired. So I was like, I don't, I don't want to tell anyone else that, that that's going to be my conclusion. But that is my conclusion. Punk had a great year. He was able to be champion. Him and Brian had some great matches, great matches with Darby Allen. He got to wrestle with Sting. He had to do a bunch of things. But ultimately, as we've seen in real life, he led to his own undoing. And that is my rewrite. Nice. I love how everybody was just like, I mean, yeah, this guy's going to go off the, ro- off the rails at some point. <laughs> yep. It's kind of just inevitable at this point. <laughs> um but yes that is our episode ladies and gentlemen dmv i want to thank you again for pulling up on the show man i hope you had a good time i did I, i'd love to be on here and many other a show shows to come you know i Absolutely. i love this i love this community you know i wouldn't be i wouldn't want to be anywhere else like when i first was first getting into wrestling i was watching like wrestlemania and like Parts unknown for known, like I was in I was in the mud. So H show put me out of that and RNC did. So I'm very thankful to all of you for giving me this opportunity to be here again. So, Absolutely, bro. And for sure, man. And you were awesome. Your rewrites were great. Everything you brought was great. Like you you're you're very good at this podcasting thing. So I look forward to hearing you on a lot more platforms. I'm I'm, I'm black and out table. I'm 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 calling y'all out. I you know, Manny and DMV squash the beef. Bring DMV on the show. Black wrestling. Bring 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 my guy DMV on the show. Public enemies, Yatu. Bring my guy DMV on the show because he's he's gonna come and he 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 might outshine all y'all. Um, but Rewriters Room is back. We will be back consistently with you all to wrap up season four um, over the next couple weeks and months. So we hope you enjoyed this return episode. Um, of course, once again, make sure you subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash the A Show RNC for our very fun Patreon segment. Make sure you subscribe to all of our shows. Follow us on social media at the A Show RNC on Twitter and Instagram. Follow DMV. I believe it's DMV fan 123. One, V2. V2. On yes, sir. DMV fan one two three v two on Twitter, um, and you know you guys know our socials uh, as well, but th- they'll be in the bios. You can find them there. Um, and yes, thank you again um, for listening to this episode. We will be back with you all very soon. Be blessed. <laughs>